We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. I was talking with a principal last week, and she said, man, it would be great if I could work less than 60 hours. And I realize I've been keeping a secret from you. I do work less than 60 hours at work, and it's pretty awesome. I'd like to share that with you because it's so powerful. So if you go to transformativeprincipal.org slash ideal week, you can sign up for my mini course to figure out how you can shave a ton of time off of your work week. And I got to tell you, it's awesome. Emergencies are no longer emergencies. And being planful and mindful has changed the way I work. So go to transformativeprincipal.org slash ideal week and check it out. But before I get to the interview, I want to tell you about something real quick. Each year, thebestschools.org presents a $20,000 Escalante Gradillas Prize for Best in Education. The winners of that exemplify a commitment to learning, discipline, character building, and high expectations that characterize legendary math teacher Jaime Escalante and his principal, Henry Gradillas. These two educators helped students excel at East LA's Garfield High School, and their story became the 1988 film Stand and Deliver, definitely one of my favorites. To celebrate that legacy and the partnership of teachers and school administrators, thebestschools.org awards $10,000 to one outstanding K-12 teacher or school administrator and also a $10,000 grant to the winner's school or district. For 2017, the prize focuses on school administrators, which includes principals, school counselors, in-school curriculum designers, superintendents, and any school or district educators not based in the classroom. The primary criteria for consideration are doing more with less and demonstrably raising student academic performance. Details in the quick nomination form are online at thebestschools.org prize. Nominations for 2017 end March 31st, so nominate an outstanding school administrator today. 
Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm excited to have you here today, and I'm going to continue my conversation with Adam Bochamp, and he uh, is doing some really cool RTI stuff that is based on some powerful PLC processes that he's been doing down at uh, his school in Enid, Oklahoma. And what I just love about this conversation is that here we are 5,000 miles away from each other, and we're doing pretty similar things never met before, never talked before. And it's one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is hearing from people who are doing incredible things all the way across the country. And it's just fantastic. So thanks for listening. And if you've got an idea of somebody that I should interview, go to transformativeprinciple.org and enter their name in the, take the link to refer someone. It'll be great to hear from other people who are doing amazing things. So enjoy the conversation with Adam Bochamp, part two. What do you do when there's multiple needs for a particular student? So if that student needs math and reading help, what do you do for that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, and, and that same kid, typically he needs science help and he needs social studies help. And in full disclosure, I mean, our stepchildren are our um, science and social studies teachers uh, because they don't. There's And we did a couple of years ago. We went on a four-week rotation on priority. It was math. And what I mean by priority is, is when that list comes up and you've got those 700 kids listed there, the math PLC got to go through that entire list and pick first. And then the English was second, and then the social studies was third, and then the science was fourth, and then it would rotate through. Uh, and then so on week four, science was getting first pick and going. But after going through that, we've come to the either the realization or the theory or the belief in our building that uh, we're going to focus on our English language arts and our math kids because we feel if they get those skills being in our social studies and our science PLCs, there's a belief in those groups that they don't feel they're getting cheated because they believe and know that if this kid becomes a better reader, if he has better comprehension, if he has a better understanding of this vocabulary and this language, it's going to help me in science. It's going to help me in geography or history, social studies. And then the same thing with math, of those thinking skills and those mathematical skills. So they've given that up, our our science and and social studies teachers, uh, to say, hey, we value what you guys are doing because there is so much crossover. And we've learned that. And we started off saying, hey, you guys are important, too. But they also know what's important. And and when we create better readers and and, and kids who have a better understanding of math, it crosses over into every subject area. So that's one thing we have changed as well, is only giving the priority to, uh, to math and reading. One thing that's new for us, Jethro, if we've just started this, uh, we'll actually we'll implement it for the first time next week. We've designated, we've got 90 students that we feel are behind far enough in reading that we've created a, a cohort with those guys. And, and we're not going to switch them back and forth between math and reading. They're going to specifically, they're going to be in a six-week study group that we're going to put them doing nothing but English language arts reading. They're going to be doing some computer-based stuff. We've pulled the teacher out that she's not assigned in an RTI class. If anything, she's going to uh, coordinate that cohort and whether she determines that she needs to pull some of that 90 in for some small group stuff and it's going to be driven by a computer-based program that she's going to monitor, um, and then she's going to periodically pull that 90, and she's going to have 
total control of that group. And we've given up, our math teachers have given up and said, hey, we understand because we know actually what we've learned in math is a lot of math now is is word problems. And our kids aren't missing the math as much as they're getting confused with the wording and the problems. So we think it's going to help us as well. So that's something we're excited about seeing what comes about in these next six weeks with that small group. Yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> so I feel like we are long lost brothers, Adam, because... We've taken a similar path. Uh, it looks like about the same time frame to, to do some of the, these things. I want to tell you a little bit about what we're doing at my school. And a lot of it falls in, you know, very similar to what you're doing. But we did a couple of things different. The first thing that we did different is we had foundations classes that we call them that actually take the place of a student's elective. So if a student needs to go to we call them tutorials for for something they're behind in and they're there for an extended period of time because they're still not catching up then we put them into that foundations class so that they get that extra support and have it take the place of one of their electives and there's we expected some backlash about that what we actually got was kids saying no, I actually need this. And kids requesting to stay in that foundations class, which is a class period, and be able to still get the help because they knew that they needed it. So that's really powerful when kids can be... How many be, periods, Jethro, are you guys a day? How many class periods? Uh, we're seven. Okay. And they're 45 minutes each. Or is it, is it three electives or how many do you guys have a reading class or what's your core classes? Yep. So core classes, math, science, language arts, social studies, PE, and then two electives. And what we used to have was a 90-minute block for everybody for language arts. And we changed that because our language arts scores were awesome. We adjusted that to be 90 minutes or 45 minutes language arts and the and 45 minutes of reading foundations or math foundations just for those who needed it. So what we were seeing was that we were getting everybody success in language arts because they had 90 minutes, but anybody who needed extra help with math wasn't getting that, and so they were not being served. So now we have a, an opportunity for them to to get both help in both of those areas. And we've actually moved away from the foundations for language arts because it did not prove to be effective at helping those kids who were struggling. And so instead we pushed literacy into all the content areas and had all of our content teachers focus on literacy, which does seem to be helping our students be more proficient. So anyway, pretty exciting to hear the cool things that you're doing. Are you guys also seven periods a day? Well, and we've switched. We've went to six periods. We've always been seven. Uh, this year as a district, we've went to six periods with that seventh period. Um, we call it a six-plus hour that we offer classes Um we, we used to go until 3.30. Now we get out at 2.30 officially, but we still offer that 2.30 to 3.30 class. Um, we have several different tutoring classes. We have a lot of our clubs during that time. So it's not an official class, mm -hmm. but we've got about 250 of our students out of 733. That's not including athletics. We've got another, another um, I would say, 180-ish that are in athletics. So about half of our students choose to stay during that time, and um, whether it's take an enrichment club or take something for tutoring or athletics, that's how we've switched it this year. And really that came about, um, it was a budget call that, that um, by only having six periods a day versus seven, 
it saved us three teachers having to hire. So really, um, it's wow. it was a budget deal more than anything. So I'm not going to sit here and advocate and say that it's been, um, you know, something we came about because of, of student we came about because of financial reasons. Sure. Well, that's a that's a fascinating story. One of the uh, the other things that we've done up here is we actually created an app to track and manage all of our students in these tutorials that we made open source, and it's uh, at paker.org, P-I-C-K-R.org, and it's still a pretty rough app as far as installing it on a computer, but once it's there, it's awesome. So what happens with us is kids will log in to the system using their name and that they pull from a list and then their student ID number, and when they do that, then... If they're in a tutorial for remediation, then they don't get to choose what their class is because it's already chosen for them by the teacher, much like you guys do. But then when they don't need remediation and they get to do an enrichment class, then they get to choose from this big, long list of whatever it is that we're doing. And we include custodians, we include non-certified staff, we include any adult who wants to work with kids in those uh, tutorials so that they've got a lot of options. And we have found that that organization is just awesome. <laughs> Man, it is it is so good and it is so slick and seamless and it always, well, not always, 99.9% of the time works. There's about one kid every week that can't get in and choose their thing and one kid each week that said they signed up for something and then it didn't actually take. And so it's just been an awesome thing. The other small difference is that our tutorials are two weeks long, every day, Monday through Friday, and they last for two weeks. And so we're able to constantly adjust and put different kids in and have seen some some really powerful things from it. But the the picker app, being able to have each kid see only his assignment and not other kids and being able to have the teachers pick it first and then have the kids choose afterward has been really awesome for us too. That was going to be, you know, talking about you, you use all these people and, and kids are able to go in and out, but it's off a off of a two-week basis, and, and that's kind of been some of our, I don't know if it's struggle back and forth, but, you know, we want to have it um, flexible enough where kids can come and go, and, hey, if, I, if I'm getting something out of this, I stay. If I don't feel I can get something out of this, we want to be able to them to go to something different, but it's also... Hey, if I've got a, a science teacher and she's doing a one-week unit with these guys on building catapults, it's hard for kids to be able to come and go. They kind of need to be there for that unit. So every kid is in one of your one of your sessions for two weeks, and then they get to switch. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Okay, that's kind of been some of ours. We want them to pick, but we also want to have some, you know, some time dedicated in there so they can really get to decide if they like it or not instead of just um, coming and going. So we're at a week right now with ours. Yeah, and to be completely honest, we've debated back and forth on that, and what it really came down to for us was it was enough effort for the teachers to change every week that it wasn't necessarily worth the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, as they say. And so being that flexible just didn't work for our situation because it added enough overhead that you were doing it every week. Right now, you have the overhead of starting these new groups uh, every 
every two weeks, and that makes it work well enough that you can process through it just fine. And that's that's been really neat for us to experience is that the kids also like that time period because you're in there long enough to get into something. And, you know, like the catapult example, I have a hard time seeing how we could get a catapult done in a week, but we can definitely get it done in two weeks. And just fascinating how we've been able to make it work on both our ends in a way for that. So that's, that's very cool. Like with your fingering or your remediation stuff, if kids in there for academics, is it, you know, ours, we want to say is fairly targeted and, and they say, Hey, giving me four days in there um, with little Adam is enough to address that skill. Cause we debated a two week deal, but I felt, Hey, I don't need them for two weeks. Cause I'm just pulling them for one skill and I, and I can get that done in 30 minutes for four days in a row. That's kind of how we came up with the week versus anything else. Cause we weren't getting enough because we were rotating um, every two days. And then we debated on how long and keeping men there and we talked about a month six weeks a week and we ended up coming up with the week time frame and so far um i would say it's going good for us right now but that's it's really the, the academic piece of it and the kids who were behind is is where the week came from because we felt the other ones the enrichment yeah we could make it a whether it was a, a day lesson or a week lesson or a two-week lesson we could make it fit for them. The teachers like the week because then they could design a lesson for a week and then have it for a year and just pull it out every week. They felt that if we were going to be rotating every day and kids were going to be in and out of here, it might be harder for me to have something that keeps them engaged. If I know who I have and for that time frame, then I think I can design a catapult unit and get them in there and get them out of there as opposed to before when, man, you're changing these kids every Tuesday and Thursday. I'm already teaching two different courses of science and now I got to come up with, you know, something every other day to keep them hooked up. It would just be, it was too much on them. If that makes sense. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. One of the other things along those same lines that, that we've done with this time is that this is really a student driven time as much as possible. And so we encourage teachers to choose something that they are interested in or already good at or whatever. And then the kids are really the ones who are, who are pushing it. So we're not asking teachers to create an additional lesson during this time. We're asking them to facilitate students participating in whatever activity and taking that approach we found has been really beneficial because it, it takes the pressure off the teacher of feeling like they have to be the sage on the stage and actually teaching something. And what we want them to do is to help the kids be in charge of their own learning, especially in those extensions, so that they have the opportunity to to do what they are interested in and the teachers are there facilitating and supporting it. And so that's been another thing that a little tweak that we've added in that, you know, teachers still because they're teachers and want to be prepared, still do some prep for it, but it's not the the expectation. And it also sounds like your enrichments are a lot more structured than ours. Ours are really all over the board. Well, what you're saying is is really some of the best thing that we get out of what we do. I know early on, some of our distractors and, and within the building, people, oh, I do this. I mean, I, you're giving me another prep, this or that. It really didn't come about to be that way. And that's some of the questions I used to get a lot from other staff and people talking about doing when we switched to clubs was, you know, 
how do you get all those people to do that? Well, it's one of two camps with our staff. They're either so fired up and they want to go teach mindfulness and yoga to these kids and they're asking me if they can do it or it's the other one where they're not fired up about it. Well, that's great because, you know, actually our best ones are the ones like you talked about. It's student-led and that teacher's just in there to be in there to to make sure there's an adult in the room. But it's those kids sitting there coding computers and, and tearing apart um, treadmills and making different things out of them and, and it's the kids leading it um, and those teachers don't have to do anything. They, the ones that are doing it are fired up and they want to teach um, this thing that they don't get to teach because, hey, I'm an English teacher and I want to teach kids how to knit and crochet. So I'm excited about bringing this stuff in there and teaching it to them or the other ones. That's great. You don't have to because this is a totally student-led deal. So no, that's that's been exactly like we've structured a little bit more. It used to be very, very um, student-led in our clubs. And now a lot of our clubs have, have went to that 2.30 to 3.30 time. And then during our RTI, that 30-minute period, it's structured in that we assign um, people to places, but they've picked and choose, hey, I want to lead. I want to lead this health and fitness club, or I want to lead. I need that list in front of me because I could tell you those 12 and what they are. Um, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But our teachers um, have, have got to pick wherever camp they fall in, whether they want to spend some time and effort on it or they just want to show up and let the kids get after it. So that's absolutely been a great benefit. Yeah, very cool. So I love the conversation that we're having and I want to be uh, respectful of your time. And my last question that I ask every uh, guest on the interview is what's something that principals can do this week to become a transformative principal like you are, Adam? Oh, you know, I don't... um... I don't know if that label fits. What can another principal do um, to do that we're doing? I think some of the best things um, that we do are really one thing, and I know it's on that Will Parker's um, deal that I talked about. You know, I think my role as a so-called leader, as that transformative principal, is not to be the one um, with all the ideas. It's really to be the first follower. And we've got a bunch of staff members and a bunch of kids who have a bunch of great ideas um, and it's supporting those great ideas and, I, and it's promoting those. And um, one thing that I th- think my job is to do is, you know, what you can do as a principal to get out and whether it's right now, today, tomorrow, is is recognize those, those great things that are going on. And, gr- and great things are not huge things. Great things are just people taking the time and effort and recognizing that. And, and sometimes that's just um, coming up and having that short, quick conversation. Sometimes it's a handwritten note. Sometimes it's, you know, giving a, a plug on social social media or recognizing them in, in front of their classroom. But I think that's probably the biggest thing you could do to continue to transform the great things you're going on is, is support those people, uh, recognize them and uh, celebrate the, the things that they're doing that are continue to uh, allow your students in your school to have success. So um, off the top of my head, that's what I would encourage everybody to do is, is uh, encourage others and, and support that the, um, the job that they're doing and the difference that it's making. Well, I think that is fantastic advice. Adam, how do people connect with you on social media and learn more about what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can feel free to reach us um, here, anything on our website, all my contacts information on there, Waller Middle School, Enid, Oklahoma. We do have social media. We've got a school YouTube channel, uh, Waller Podcast. Uh, we've got a school Twitter and a Facebook account. Um, of course, you can just search our name on Facebook. Our Twitter account is We Are 
Robert Waller. Um, my uh, personal professional Twitter account is Bochamp underscore Adam, or my emails on the website as well. And uh, anyways, uh, that you guys want to reach out, uh, visit, um, whether it's um, through technology or in person, we love talking about what we do because it always gives us some some time to reflect and, and more often than not tweak or change some things and, and just like today Jethro learning from you and, and others so I would encourage people to reach out because um, not only are we going to talk with them we're going to have a lot of questions for them and I think that's the best way for both of us to learn. Totally agreed and uh, if you want to know more about the things that we've done at my school you can go to transformativeprincipal.org slash episode 100 uh, episode 100. And that's where I talked about a bunch of the things uh, that we've been doing at our school. Also uh, put links to some of the things that uh, Adam talked about today at transformativeprinciple.org. And so be sure to go and check that out. And Adam, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank you. It's a, my pleasure and a true joy to be on here. I appreciate what, what you're doing, Jethro, for uh, uh, the educational community and, and the, the leadership that you've provided. So thank you again. Wasn't that a great interview? Man, I feel like Adam is my long lost brother. It's fantastic. I put a link to the first follower video by Derek Sivers in the show notes after hearing Adam talk about that. And I, I think it'd be great if you could go check that out, transformativeprinciple.org, and uh, check out the link to the first follower video by Derek Sivers. Really powerful stuff about how to really be the first follower. That'll be a good supplemental thing to add to this. So make sure you check that out. Also, if you have not yet signed up for the ideal week mini course that I created, please go to transformativeprinciple.org and sign up for the mailing list and you'll be able to do that. And that is just incredible. I was able just, when was it? Last Thursday, I was able to get uh, so much done. I could not believe it. I was batching my time making good choices with what I was doing during the day and the emergencies that popped up did not phase me at all. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. And uh, transformativeprinciple.org slash ideal week. And that'll take you right to it. And I'll talk a little bit more about it and, and help you get going on, on making your time more effective. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. 
Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.